Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about instance loot in Borderlands 3 and why I think it's a good thing. But I do have some concerns about, you know, longevity and how they make farming routes and duping and all of that. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Come on in and join in the fun. I did forget to announce a bunch of subs because they came during the talk. Kev088 with 21 months, Roll Your D with 23 months, and Ibarra with 37 months. Not a lot of people can even do a 37 month sub. Welcome back. So let's just jump right into the questions. Uh, I've been enjoying not doing gameplay for these just because I think they go faster. Ginger uh, 300. Would you ever like a class mod system like Borderlands for oh for subclasses? That was not a Borderlands question. That was a carryover from the, the Destiny. Sorry. Uh, Ray Freak. Do you think there is going to be a new vendor in uh, what are we doing here? Um, here we go. Hey Lono, I played Borderlands for the first time in Matchmade. I got to the end of the mission and I got kicked. I don't understand why. Um, I th- I don't know if the person kicked you. Uh, I don't even know if that's how it works. They probably did. I think the host can kick you out when you matchmake. So maybe you got to the end and they didn't want to have to worry about you um, picking the loot up. I didn't even realize you could do that. Um... I, th- that's a thing. Hopefully, that's not a thing in uh, Borderlands Three. I don't. I, you obviously have to be able to get rid of people if you need to. I would think vote to kick maybe. Um, but I'm fairly certain the way they're probably just going to do it again is the uh, the host, and then the host has kicking options. Um, so it sounds like that's what you ran into. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can really do to protect yourself from that, other than trying to insist on being host i don't even know if that's something that you can do i think when you match can you say you want to be host or can you or it it probably takes longer because more people probably want to be hosts um opinions get you banned you think instance loot will help the trading community well again they people would post on the forums about the gun that they had or the loot that they had to trade and it was there was this, there was this whole trading community, and it always said no duping, but everybody did it anyway. A- anytime I ever went on there and found people to trade with, they were always duping. Now there's no way to prove they're not duping, right? Because they could dupe the item before they join up with you, and then for all intents and purposes, on your end, you're like, no, they didn't dupe. They gave me the thing, and then they left. They, you know. They didn't do anything shady. Well, I mean, they could dupe it before they join your lobby and then just give you a duped item. So, this is another reason. I didn't even think about this. I forgot, until you until you asked this question, I forgot completely all about that. Me and my friends would get on the, the forums and try and find people uh, to trade with. And then we found guys that would just do dupe lobbies. They would just dump everything in the game on the ground. And it really ruined the experience. I love the idea of being like, I got a really great role on this gun. I've already got one. I'm going to go to the forums and say, hey, I've got a really great role here willing to trade for, you know, a legendary class mod or something. I think that could be pretty, pretty dope because again, that is a, that is a, that's an entire communal effort that is, um, that isn't really there in a real way if you dupe. Duping is when you duplicate the item. So the easiest way to understand what duping is, is you're like, I've got a god roll of this gun, okay? And you go into a game with somebody, 
and you throw it on the ground and then you force quit your game so it doesn't save well the loot's on the ground for them they pick it up and they've got the gun when you boot your game back up your gun's still there because you didn't save you basically drop the loot and it doesn't it doesn't save the game unless you go up to a saving thing um so duping won't be fixed unless our saves are online only well, I mean, that, yeah, true. And I think people wanted an offline, the ability to play offline. So duping's probably going to still be a thing. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's I'm not going to die on that hill and be like, people shouldn't dupe. Like, I'm not going to die on that hill. But I, I do think it's a, it's, a, it's a detriment to the game for, you know, for a variety of reasons. Creator Gamer. Do you think Borderlands 3 will allow replayability for missions and quests that allow us to grind for specific loot and gear? This is something that wasn't in the pre-sequel at launch and people got really, really angry. And because the farming you could do in Borderlands 2 was just that. You would go to an area where you knew there was a boss, you would kill him, save and quit. Go back in, kill him, save and quit. Now, I would like it if they take it a step further and don't just allow us to farm a boss, but make farming bosses like an actual function in the game. So you go and you kill, you know, some bosses, it just was faster to save and quit. um, But this could be another way they could do it. Uh, I'm trying to think of a boss like Terramorphous. You kill Terramorphous and then you leave the area and come back in and Terramorphous spawns again instead of having to save and quit now, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that with the way they build the game you might literally have to reset that area like in its totality because of the way the loot drops or whatever but with instance loot I think they should be able to do this because it's not everybody's loot's not all on the ground it's your uh, your loot um so this question is about mission rewards, not bosses. It says for missions and quests that allow us to grind for specific loot and gear. Oh, like missions and quests. Well, typically what people would do is their last playthrough. You would do like your second and third playthrough. On your last playthrough, um, it tells you if you're getting like the Flame of the Firehawk shield would be an example from Borderlands 2. It tells you you're getting a legendary item. Now, I don't know if you can skip. I don't think you can skip that. So you'd have to basically grind to get the max level and then go do that quest. So then you get the Flame of the Firehawk at max level. Uh, I remember in the pre-sequel, there were lots of missions that would give you blue items and those blue items were specific. They had like specific names and they were really, really dope. And what I would do is I would wait to accept those quests until I was max level. So you can always reset your playthrough once you're max, yes, and do it again. Now, the, typically though, quest line items, were they set? Or was the Flame of the Firehawk... I can't remember if the Flame of the Firehawk, did it always drop the exact same way? It just scaled depending on level? I don't think they dropped and were... Uh, and were different. I can't. I'm, tr- I'm having a really hard time remembering how that all happened. Quest items can roll differently. See, yeah, that's what's always interesting to me. Then, because if you're wanting a god roll of an item, you basically have to. 
What are people? Uh, what were people doing? I guess turning the mission in and then not saving their game so they could rerun the mission. Is that how people were farming for rolls? I would think. Um, you have to do read-only farm, so it doesn't save. Yeah, yeah. See, that's unfortunate. That's another thing I think they need to think about. That's another thing they need to think about because um, you couldn't you couldn't farm for like a good roll on on questline items. Uh, Beanflaker says, I'm not sure if I'd want this, but do you think they'd ever consider a crafting type system in Borderlands 3? I feel like a lot of people would want some way to create their own loadout, also off topic, but did you play through Tales from the Borderlands? I did play through Tales from the Borderlands. I don't know if if crafting would work. I think crafting would be dope because all the guns have different parts and manufacturers, and then there's all the different gun types. So I definitely think it could be fun, but I just don't know if it would work. I, I feel like it would be like a, I don't know. I feel like it would feel like a fallout knockoff. And I also feel like one of the reasons that you farm for a God roll is because all the parts coming together to make a God roll is part of the pursuit. And if you can just craft your own, it would need to, it would need to be like a one-time thing, you know, like, we're going to let you craft a shotgun for this mission and you can choose what parts you put on it. And there's like a couple different versions. Other than that, I just don't think it belongs in the game. Evil the Waffler. How do you get Seraph Crystals? So the way to get Seraph Crystals in Borderlands 2, you have to fight the raid bosses. So, um, Hyperius, the Invincible, Master G, Pyro Pete, um... And I'm trying to think. There's a variety of Seraph bosses in the game that drop the Seraph crystals. I don't know if anybody has a noticeable, noticeably better drop rate on the Seraph crystals. Uh, because I know, like, for a while, Pyro Pete dropped a ridiculous amount. And I think they lowered it because he was dropping way more than everybody else. Um, so you farm the Seraph bosses for the Seraph crystals. Uh, the dragons as well in Tiny Tina's DLC uh, drop uh, Seraph crystals. I beat them on normal several times and never got them. Oh, I don't think you can do it on normal. I don't think they drop until you're in, until you've rolled the game over. I think you have to, doesn't it even say that I think somewhere? I don't think Seraph crystals drop until you up the difficulty. Um, it's only the raid bosses from the DLC. Yeah, but you, it's only on, it's only on the non-normal modes though. T- True Vault Hunter mode and Ultimate Vault Hunter mode. I don't think you can get it on normal. People in chat are saying that's correct. Yeah, you got to roll the game over. The reason they do that, the reason they do that is you could boot the game up in normal and have a significantly easier time killing them, and everybody would just do that to farm for the crystals. It's meant to be. Uh, it's meant to be an end game grind. I, I don't know if they even put that in the game because I think most people, through the flow of the game, by the time they introduced Seraph Crystals, you were already not on normal. You were on uh, your second or third playthrough. Wolfhound Games. Do you feel they need to reimagine or bring something new to the genre or stick to the pre-sequel formula to be successful, especially with the epic drama? Well, the, the pre-sequel formula is not the way you want to go. That was not a well-received game. Um, but I also don't think the epic store drama has anything to do with whether or not they should bring something new to the genre or stick to, stick, uh, stick to what works. I think they need to improve what's already there. So if you're going to do millions of guns... I've talked about how they need to have 
actual weaknesses in the game so that slag and explosive damage just shouldn't be a thing anymore. I think explosive damage should be great against, um, like, fire enemies because they're on fire and it's explosive damage. It hits them and it causes more damage. They should be, you know, people that are on fire or use fire weaponry, they should have weaknesses to explosions. But robots should resist explosions because they're big and they're metal and they're armored and that way then you use the acid um one of the biggest mistakes i feel like they made in borderlands 2 was that a lot of the weapon types and a lot of the damage types just become utterly worthless you're like i don't need any of this i need slag and i need explosive damage and that's it because nothing can resist slag well, slag enemies can resist slag, but nothing can resist the um, the explosive damage. I think that they, they need to change that in the next game because there's nothing, I don't think there's anything more sort of uh, disillusioning. Like you get to the end game of Borderlands, you're like, yeah, there's millions of guns and there's like 10 that matter. I hope they were thoughtful about that. That's how you improve on the existing systems, I think. If you want to improve the existing systems, that's one that needs to be improved upon. It's having a more dynamic and more broad weapon pyramid in the end game because you just, it gets real boring and real odd to be like, it's a game with the bazillions and gazillions of guns. And then there's like three guns that everybody uses in the end game because they just didn't build diversity. Now, some of that I think is a hindsight's 2020 kind of a thing. I don't think maybe they realized how dominant slag and explosive damage was going to become. Like, at a foundational level, when they built Borderlands 2, they may have not been really thinking, they weren't really thinking like, long-term OP8, Digistruct Peak might not even really been a concept. In fact, I remember an interview where they were talking about designing Digistruct Peak and they said that one of the one of the guys was like saying you can't keep doing this you're going to break the game and they kept pushing the game and pushing the game and pushing the game so even when they were designing Digistruct Peak I think there were things in it that they weren't even sure they were going to be able to do um, as they as they like raised the both the health of the enemies as well as your damage output and then they obviously had to put a cap on how much of your skill tree that you could build out So, I, yeah, I I think that's one of the biggest things that they would need to consider is are we laying good balance groundwork in the core game to give it that elasticity so that when I get into my third playthrough, I'm like, I really like using these guns and I can continue looking for and, fa- and farming for and using these guns instead of feeling like, no, those are crap. You need to use these instead or you're going to feel really, really weak. Um... Ultimate Vault Hunter had a three times slag effect. How can you not take that? Yeah, yeah. Steam removed the user scores uh, that review bomb Borderlands two and one because of the whole epic drama. Well, I mean, they have to review. Uh, they have to remove review bombs because that's it's. You can't let people do like basically false reviews because they're mad. That's kind of stupid. Um, so. Lulzification says, seeing as how Borderlands 2 had some serious character deaths, going to keep it vague for those who don't want to spoil it, what are some characters do you think could potentially uh, bite the dust? I am pretty sure Lilith's Lilith tickets getting punched. Um, 
I'm pretty sure we're, we're gonna they're gonna take her out. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they decide to uh, to bop all of the traditional characters. Um, Brick and Mordecai don't even look right in the one in the one clip. They look really weird. I don't know if they're trying to make them look like they're aging or something, but they look really, really odd. Um, I think I think Lilith is is a, is a pretty is a pretty sure uh, sure sure thing of getting killed. I just I don't know about Mordecai and Brick or anybody else. Um, I think there are certain people that they just don't want to kill or kind of can't kill. Um, Number one, I don't think they want to ever get rid of Tannis or Claptrap. Um, Claptrap's too iconic, honestly. Claptrap is basically like synonymous with Borderlands marketing. Um, you can't, I don't think you could kill Clappy. Um, and just people like Tannis and Marcus and stuff like that, I just don't know if they're ever going to kill them off because they're almost like staples. Yo, Hot Sub, thank you for 18 months. Um,. My longest commitment outside of my family and my career. Thank you. Um, I think Timothy will make it come back. Yeah, there's theories that Zane is Timothy Lawrence. I just don't think so. Um, I don't think they're going to have one character out of the... What? What is it? There's been 12, 16 total characters till now. I don't think they're going to have just one random character out of the 16 get to come back as a playable uh, character um, I'm not opposed to it but I just don't know if they want to do that they've never done it before for them to suddenly decide to say oh yeah Zane is uh, Timothy Lawrence the doppelganger for Handsome Jack in the pre-sequel I just don't know the theories are pretty good the observations that people are making are pretty cool but I just don't know if if they want to do that um Especially considering they could still have Handsome Jack's like face and voice in the game if they have Timothy Lawrence, as somebody says, make him an NPC. Dr. Bad Llama, what is your recommended Borderlands playthrough order? I have a beginner's guide where I talk about what order to play in and what classes to play with. I say Borderlands 1 and all DLC. Do a replay if if you really, really liked Borderlands 1, then definitely do a replay. If the Borderlands 1 was just kind of like, okay, that was pretty good, now I want to get to the next games, uh, well, then I would I would, I would, would move on. I wouldn't do a replay of... Uh, I definitely wouldn't do a replay of the pre-sequel, but you're going to probably do a bunch of replays of Borderlands 2, and I just wouldn't want somebody to get burned out. Borderlands 1 is really good, but I don't know if you're going to want to do a lot of replays. You're going to have to kind of make that call. I would say play as Roland or Lilith in Borderlands 1. Second, I would move to the pre-sequel. I don't think the spoilers that you're going to get in the pre-sequel ruin Borderlands 2. There are almost no aha moments, oh my gosh moments in Borderlands 2 with respect to story. Now, things happen in Borderlands 2 and certain people die, but the pre-sequel is not going to spoil that. All the pre-sequel is going to spoil for you is that Handsome Jack is is a bad guy and he's working with Angel. That's pretty much the only major spoilers you're going to get. Um, that doesn't ruin the flow of Borderlands 2 at all. The reason you want to play the pre-sequel first, number one, 
I'm sorry, after Borderlands 1. You play Borderlands 1, then the pre-sequel. The reason you want to do that is it naturally falls into the storyline there anyway, and it's not as good as Borderlands 2. It's definitely an upgrade from Borderlands 1. It'll feel kind of like a Borderlands 1.5. And then you'll enjoy, and then you'll enjoy the pre-sequel a whole lot more. If you play Borderlands Two, and then the pre-sequel, which is the order that they launched in, you're gonna sniff out and notice all those things that people didn't like about the pre-sequel because you've been exposed to the Holy Grail. Like Borderlands Two and all its DLC is ma- is absolutely massive. I mean, it is massive. Um, so. In in that regard, I think if you say Borderlands 2 for the end, there's just so much more DLC, so much more replay value. Pre-sequel doesn't really have that. Pre-sequel is good for like one playthrough. Um, you think Flack is Loaderbot? Oh, from Tales? Yeah, I could see that, but I don't. Again, I just don't think so. I think when they introduce Vault Hunters, they have their own story, their own name, their own backstory, and I don't think they're going to deviate from that. Uh, Republic City. Do you think Borderlands 3 should release with Ultimate Vault Hunter mode and the OP levels, or should they do what they did with the old games and stagger them throughout the DLCs? I would imagine I would imagine OP8 is not going to be a thing again. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to want to have better elasticity so they don't need to do that. They're just going to want to raise um, your power level, like, oh, sorry, your, your skill level so you can, like, continue to invest in the skill trees. And then eventually you're just going to hit that cap where it's like, okay, you've, you've, you've spent a ridiculous amount of skill points. I would hope they would think through something like a Rift season system like Diablo did or a Paragon system like the Badass Rank or something like that would be a better way, I think, of extending than repeating the OP levels uh, situation. Now, is Ultimate Vault Hunter mode going to launch with it? Yeah, again, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to want to do that or stagger it. I definitely think the OP levels are going to uh, not be a thing. Evil the Waffler. We killed the guy that looked like Handsome Jack in Borderlands 2. I remember the quest in the city that he built. Yeah, but that's not Timothy Lawrence. If you actually play that mission and you kill that, then you kill that guy, he changes to look like a normal Hyperion. He looks like one of the bald guys. It's like, it's the, um, it's the guy who looks like Pyro Pete. The guy looks like Pyro Pete, he's like bald and he's got like the fist or whatever. Whenever you kill the body double in opportunity, he actually changes his appearance. It was a projection. Timothy Lawrence has been physically altered to look like Handsome Jack. I actually theorize that we killed Timothy Lawrence in the in the vault after the warrior. Um, so that's 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 why I uh, I actually thought that's where we killed him, and I thought Handsome Jack was gonna still be alive, but Randy Pitchford has confirmed that he is uh, Ra- Handsome Jack is actually dead. So the other thing to remember is in that opportunity mission, Angel indicates that Jack has body doubles plural. Uh, he has multiple body doubles, not just one. And the one that you kill when you take the pocket watch off of him, he changes appearance. Like it was again, it was like a projection. So uh, that that was that was a major piece to my theory for Handsome Jack still being alive. That's why I know all that because I had like a whole theory about Handsome Jack being alive. He sees the future. You know all those all those things going into it. So. Um, 
yeah i'm excited i'm excited i just i don't think they're gonna do a lot of like recalling of characters i don't think they're gonna do any of that i don't i don't think that's in the cards i think their plan is to all new bad guys all new vault hunters any repeat characters are usually on the sidelines you know moving the story giving you quests etc so that's going to conclude the Q&A session. A little bit shorter for Borderlands. Not as much as, you know, to talk about each time, but great questions nonetheless. Thank you, everybody, who contributed to the questions. If you're listening to this in other locations, uh, you can always come and watch me live. If you're here right now, be sure to click the follow button if you like the talk. That is the little heart button. That's a free way to support what I do. If you're listening in any of the other locations, you can always stop by twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.